stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the 195th episode of the Brave Maker Podcast. I'm live. This is Tony Gapastone. I'm an actor and a writer-director. I'm in Redwood City, California, which is where Brave Maker is headquartered. I'm a Caucasian man wearing a green shirt, some yellow glasses, and that is my very colorful and busy studio with the pink words Brave Maker and a faux green background, which was made for us at our fourth annual film festival in Redwood City. And this very, very background will be in our Redwood City Film Festival, July 13th through the 16th. So if you don't have your tickets, go to bravemaker.com and get those tickets for our fifth annual film festival. We're very excited to be able today to start meeting some of our selected filmmakers. So uh, buckle up, get ready. I hope that if you're watching live, you can share this in your feed right now. We would love more people to be aware of all the cool films that are gonna be shown in Redwood City, California over the course of four days. And today we have a writer, director, and an actor of one of our narrative feature films. It's one that's pretty special because it's made in the Bay Area with a lot of Bay Area cast and crew. And today you get to, gonna get to meet, first of all, the writer and director, Mike Heff of Punk Kids. Hey everyone, it's great to be here. What's up, Mike? Why don't you give everybody your description, pronouns, all that kind of stuff if you'd like. Uh, so my name is Mike Heff. I'm the writer and director of Punk Kids. I use he, him pronouns. So for my visual description, I'm wearing a black shirt I got in seventh grade and a button up that my wife ironed for this. Um, I'm sitting here in my house. I've got the background of the Punk Kids um, flyer there, which is a conglomeration of all the flyers from my band that I grew up playing in, which Punk Kids is described um, is based on. And I'd say I'm incredibly handsome if you want to. Just so handsome, <laughs> such a, a good-looking writer, director, musician. So excited to meet you, man. So this is our first time actually. Well, we we met on the filmmaker Zoom orientations, but uh, it's always kind of cool when I get to meet a fellow bay area filmmaker and i love that you submitted your film to our festival and our jury loved it loved it for so many reasons some great acting and story it's all about chasing dreams and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit today but it's also made in the bay area and so if you're a bay area actor or filmmaker and you watch this film you'll see just so many familiar faces and one of them we're going to bring out in just five minutes uh so we're going to tease you a little bit before we bring him out but Mike, why don't you just tell us a little bit about Punked Kids and you know where the idea came from? I know it's your first feature, and I I heard some background that you were inspired by another film festival that inspired me to start Brave Maker. So I want to hear uh, that whole backstory of how Punked Kids came to be. All right. Well, it all started for me pretty much growing up playing in a punk band myself. So me and my friends, when we were in middle school, we decided to be musicians. And it wasn't even like where we all had an instrument we played and got together. We decided to be a band at the same time. So it was just a lifelong kind of journey with my best friends where we played shows ever since we were like 15 years old. We got to play at Slim's. It was like our first show in San Francisco. Um, and so all these experiences and doing music videos for my band kind of made it clear to me what my creative um, desires were, which was to be a storyteller, be a filmmaker. So in about 2018, I decided I'm not going to do any more music videos. Um, I'm going to really focus on learning how to write a screenplay. 
so I spent that year just reading other screenplays, um, really getting the craft down and then writing my first thing. It took me a year. Um, and then I took that, I had a big plan for this script that I wrote. I was gonna make a trailer for it. I was gonna reach out to some other Bay Area filmmakers that I had contact with and um, hopefully do like a crowdfunding campaign for a trailer. That was the big plan. Um, so what happened was uh, Andy Chen, who was our cinematographer, I knew him from back in the day when I played in bands. He was um, a screamer for another band. And so we played together once maybe, and then we all added each other on Facebook and socials. So over the years, I would see Andy's career progressing and see his work. And I was like, when I start making films, I got to work with this guy because this is just like his films. They look like real, you know, big movies. <laughs> so I started kind of integrating myself with Andy. Uh, I would volunteer to be in his music videos, just kind of be an extra so I could get on set and start talking to him. Uh, I even had I was a zombie in one. Um, I had to dance in another one. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know me, you know, I hate that. So like I told myself, if I want, if I want to be a director, I have to dance. <laughs> so uh, eventually Andy had an opportunity to go to Sundance. He said, I have an extra ticket. Does anybody want it? And I just messaged him and said, what about me? And he said, why not? So I fly out to Utah on a whim. And I my big goal was I just want to, you know, build this relationship with Andy and his crew because he's got such a great community of filmmakers around him. Um, but lo and behold, what ended up happening was I met another producer, uh, Jamal Trulove, who was in the movie The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which premiered that year at Sundance. So we met him um, and immediately hit it off. We're all from the Bay Area. And he just said, you know, give me your phone. I'm going to put my number in it. And I would just, I want to work. So I was, uh, you know, he doesn't know who I am. I'm just, I'm nobody. I wrote my first script. But over the course of that year, I self-financed um, a short film that I was inspired to write because Andy told me if I want to be a storyteller, I have to do a short film because the trailer's not going to really, you know, show people, you know, how to tell a story. Uh, it's a great hype, but you know, if you're really trying to do this, this is the avenue you should go. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to write a short film, what do I want to do it about? Um, all my experiences being in a band, you know, I've always knew that that was something I wanted to do. So I just poured it all into punk kids. Um, and I came out with this short script. I went out to people in my life and I said, hey, if you guys believe in me, I've never asked for money before, but if you can get me some money, I think I can put together something special. Um, and we ended up doing it. That was 2019. Jamal saw the trailer we put out for the original short and said, hey, let's turn this into a feature. And at that point, I was kind of like, all right, we'll see. Like, you know, because it's just it's so daunting to think about, oh, God, we're going to go back and like make, you know, an even longer version of this and all the work that went in. And then, you know, not that that was enough 2020 hits and all of a sudden COVID hits <laughs> so now we're trying to make a movie about mosh pits while we can't even be six uh -huh. feet from each other <laughs> so just the these obstacles and these things that like this dream I had it, it seemed like you know a daunting task but I always knew deep down that we're going to get it done like I just have to keep taking those steps not think too much far ahead and like really just do what needs to be done and we'll get there and lo and behold we finally did it it took three years but we're here. We have a feature film in Brave Maker, and we're so excited, man. <laughs> Freaking did it. You made a feature film. No easy task. Yeah, I'm super inspired by that story, too. And Sundance has a special place in my heart forever and ever and ever. There would be no Brave Maker if it was not for Sundance. There would be no feature film that I made either if it wasn't for Sundance. That place has special magic. And when I went there, too... Uh, 2013 was my first. I haven't missed one since. I did the two online as well during the pandemic. But I remember thinking 2013 changed my life. I walked into that very first 
film screening at the marquee you know the the iconic um egyptian theater on main street and i was never the same and it sounds like that same thing happened to you i love it that's the power i think of these film festivals that's the power of what we hope happens for people at brave makers they come they watch films and they get to meet people like you and, and hear oh it can be done because that's what i hear you saying is you met people who inspired you and who partnered with you like you have the 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 coveted story of somebody partnering with you at a film festival and rooting you on and helping make it come to life that's that's awesome dude it's so amazing and i hope you and i know you will you'll, you'll pay it forward maybe even this year like finding the next person to connect with we're so so by the way tickets for punked kids uh for the friday night one have been sold out although we've kept a, a few tickets behind uh there is a second screening on saturday july 15th and we're gonna put it in a bigger theater because the bay area audience wants to see this film it's really really cool to see mike we're really really stoked for you so all right i want to have so many more questions and i know we're not going to pack it all in today and i'm going to have a, a long connection with you over the next uh, few weeks as we see you in person but what i'd like to do is uh watch the trailer of punked kids and then meet uh one of the stars of this this amazing film that is inspired by uh your real life so let's take a look at the trailer to punk kids if you're listening to this in your car well you can you're going to be able to hear it and, and and visualize it all right here we go here's here's punk kids what's up we're snotty excuse me excuse me i'm sorry i think we've seen enough I didn't even want to play this stupid talent show anyways. All of you, kiss my ass. Jeez, so sensitive. You see why punk bands don't play talent shows. I thought punk bands did whatever they wanted. But if we play a cover song for the judges at the audition, then we just play whatever we want at the talent show. So, like, trick them. So Ruby's family is new to our church. Ruby has a wonderful song she's been singing with the band. You want to give it a go with Elmer? Sure. Hey, Ruby, wait up. You sounded great in there today. You want me to be the singer for your band? For the talent show. What kind of band? Like a garage band. They play rock or something. Who's this? Sunday singer. Phase one complete. We got into the talent show. Now we carry on with the plan, kick Ruby the curb, right? It's gonna wreck her when she finds out we don't want her to play the talent show. Pull the band-aid, man. Let her down swiftly. Elmo, can I ask you a question? Can I still be in the band after the talent show? You know, sometimes you have a vision of how things should be, but it doesn't happen. I'm letting go and seeing what happens.
punk kids punk kids punk kids coming soon that's actually coming july 14th and july 15th to redwood city california and we have one of the stars of this amazing feature film i hope you still get chills mike when you see your name and when you see your work i, I think i get chills still when i see other people's work and i get to talk to them about it. it's very cool winton odd welcome to the brave maker live show uh you are muted so go ahead and unmute yourself and we're excited to get to hear your experience and what's going on. Uh, Winston is looking for the unmute button. Looks like he's muted permanently. He's shaking his head as if the the live stream gods have said no to him. So maybe you want to come back on. He's he's using ASL interpretation right now. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to do a sound check with Winston, but we're gonna we're gonna fade this out. Winston, sometimes the live stream can be pretty judgmental i don't know why maybe go back out and come back in and we'll bring you back in but mike as winton problem solves this would you talk about so in the in the in the, the film it's all about you know this punk band and kind of collaborating together and you know fighting the obstacles the judgment in their school uh it's set in the 90s as well which is pretty cool and interesting Kind of talk about the the making of this. What did you learn? What was some of the best days? What was some of the hardest days? Did you fire any crew or cast? I want to hear all the juicy details. Oh man, yeah, I'm gonna get into that. But I mean, what didn't I learn? Pretty much is like the whole thing is. Uh, so I, I did go to school for film for a short period of time, um, but I didn't get to take any film classes. Honestly, it was like I went to SF State for a while and everything was so full. I was taking general ed and then my band got a record deal. So I was like, yeah, baby. Yeah. I'm going to go on the road. So this film really was my film school. Um, yep. Like everyone cool. says is you just going out there and doing it really will teach you everything. And yep. honestly, having a crew like Andy and um, all of his crew, those guys taught me everything. Uh, I'm, I had a classic thing where I was saying, you know, can you pan up here and like pan down? And nobody told me that was the wrong thing to say. Tilt, so tilt. I know, and I'm like, uh, so stuff like that. But um, I guess there were some hard days, obviously, because of COVID. Probably the toughest was when we were, had a huge production day with tons of extras, but everyone had to test negative for COVID. Yeah. So we had like 300 tests that we had to get. And if one person in the main cast tested positive, it, like the whole day was done. Uh, so there was a situation where we thought maybe somebody was going to test positive. So we, I had to rewrite the scene where maybe they're like walking way in front of somebody. And they're like, so just trying to, you know, problem solve in the moment for something that dynamic was tough and stressful. But um, ultimately it all worked out. So I just kind of like, you know, gritted my teeth through those moments. And when we were finally it actually kind of alleviated my stress when we did shoot, because now all that stuff was done. Yeah. I know everyone's there to, to work we can we can do it um but yeah i mean it, it was honestly everything like working with the actors having such a respect for acting and the you know uh tenacity it takes to do that i was on camera for maybe four seconds and it was just terrifying <laughs> <laughs> i tried to do the m night thing where i like appear somewhere a little cameo um, yeah but yeah I just, you can go on for days about what i learned but um yeah it was you know there's difficult days uh also because we shot over three years um, the cast would come back with a lot of different, you know, like hair is different. So I don't think I knew that. Out. Wait, we got to get into that. Okay, so Winton is back. Let's see if we can get Winton. Okay, Winton. Yeah. There we go. I had to go full screen. It was that simple. 
There we go. So, Winston, this is your second time in the Brave Maker Film Festival. You were actually in our online version when you were in Ronnie Allman's film, Peter uh, Pan. Uh, I knew so, something, right? Yes, yeah, so this is your second time in the Brave Maker Film Festival as an actor. So, we're very excited to welcome you back. So, why don't I'm you go on. ahead for all the, the listeners, give us your introduction, visual description, et cetera, anything you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, for all the listeners, I hope you enjoyed the, the acoustics and, and the, the trailer. <laughs> sound design is going to be great since Mike does music, right? Um, but as far as me, I'm Winton. I am he, him. I am in my apartment room uh, with an A24 poster behind me, screen grab. Manifest. One of my favorite, yeah, for real, one of my favorite production companies out there. Um, the other one is uh, uh, Corey, Corey Maddie called called the hope dealer uh, in la does a lot of uh, graffiti and murals all around la um and then alex party look him up he does some great 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 work um he was at comic-con 2023 not that i've ever been but anyways yeah uh, i think that's pretty much it i've been acting for for i don't even know six plus years before acting i danced hip-hop for 10 plus years i've always enjoyed performing and entertaining that's awesome. Yeah, you've you've had a pretty good Bay Area uh, tenure too. You've been in in a lot of things. You also teach acting with First Take. I know because I know a lot of First Takers. So let's hear your experience working on this show over the course of three freaking years. I didn't realize that. So give me the get the juicy nitty gritty on this. So you started that as a short. You were in the short, right? Mm -hmm. Was some of the short footage used in the feature? And how did that all work? Give us uh, your take yeah. as an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still remember auditioning. I remember going to, it was, yeah, somewhere I couldn't even describe it, but I remember auditioning. Um, I remember auditioning with Who Became My Sister, Raquel. I remember um, who plays Sid, Kylie. We were all in the same room. To answer your question, though, yes, the whole first half of the movie is from the short film. We didn't know that once we shot the short film and it got um, like option to, to be a feature that we were like, oh, oh, cool. We're going to redo it from scratch. I'm going to do way better this time because, you know, as an actor, you always feel like you're growing. So I was like, by the time we saw the, the short film, I was like, cool, I know what I'm going to do differently. Da, da, da. And then we found out, no, we're just going to continue uh -huh. to add into it. So we were like, ah. But um, it, it all worked out. Yeah, it all worked out. And then um, the cool part about it is it was, I said this during um, an earlier kind of like premiere that as the film was evolving and growing, we were all still evolving and growing as humans. So it's just like a cool idea, especially this being a kind of like DIY, indie, punk rock, that whole kind of like ethos of that world is we really kind of stitched this together over the course of three years. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely surprised and, and proud of how it turned out for sure. Um, we joked about the continuity issues. I didn't really notice them. Yeah, it was very well done, but um, yeah. So hopefully it becomes a, you know, cult classic, cult, yeah. cult favorite for the Bay, definitely for the punk scene. Um, 
and and everyone in between. Yeah. You play drums in the film. Were you a drummer before, or did you learn for the film? It's so sad. I feel like I should have been a drummer for real. I did wow. do band, but I played the saxophone, which is completely so, irrelevant to. So you were not a drummer. Like you just <laughs> did that for this. I just did that. I did that for this. Um, What sucks is that I live in SAC and and Mike was in the Bay because, well, at the time I lived in SAC because I would have loved to just like commute to him and get like lessons on and off. Mm. But what he did was he sent me footage of him in the band doing the main songs and scenes. And I would just constantly listen to them, constantly play them over and over again. And I even set up a ton of pillows on my bed and pretended they were the toms and the cymbals. And I was just like going at it. Um, I think my dance background helped just as far mm-hmm. as like some some type of basic level of coordination. So I'm yeah. not like a doofus the whole time, but it turned out it turned out great. Yeah, That's a big commitment. I, I would be very nervous as an actor myself. Uh, I played trombone in like high school and stuff, but I think to be able to commit to do that, to be believable, because I watched it, didn't have any clue that you you were not it looked very believable on screen yeah so. i appreciate it that's yeah, was, really cool for the, for the most part we we were like just prioritize the toms the cymbals get those down perfectly now if you're asking me to play live with the foot pedal it's gonna be it's gonna be a different story as mm. far as that, uh, that kick drum comes in but um yeah it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun I want to hear, I was just like hearing what people would do differently, right? Your, you know, hindsight is such a, a good teacher. So when you look back on that, obviously pandemic, uh, three years, mm-hmm. let's not do that again, right? But what are some things when you move on to your next project that you go, because of what happened or because of what I learned, this is what I'm going to do differently on this next one. Is there one, five things both of you could share as actor, writer, director that come to mind? For me, I think, you know, um, Obviously, yeah, the pandemic thing, but I think uh, anytime you try to shoot over a long period of time, it's just so difficult. So if I could, yeah, just put everything together, make it almost like a summer camp where everybody, I think the camaraderie of everyone would really like, um, everyone has great chemistry, but just being able to see each other every day, I think would have been a really cool experience. Um, Yeah, other than that, I think like, you know, having more help, like I was pretty much the costume designer, the set decorator, like everything like that. But when you're doing a low budget film, you know, you got to do what you can. Can you, uh, before Winton chimes in, can you give us some bullet points on, you said you self-financed earlier, but what was some of the things you learned about making the film from the financial budget standpoint? So from everything from, you know, pitching people to having like a pitch deck, uh, yeah. all of this is new. So yeah. you know, just having visuals to say, this is my vision. You know, if you can believe in this, then you can believe in what it could become. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was easy because I haven't really ever tapped into that for like friends and family um, throughout the years that my band has always just been DIY. So j- this was like the first time I really reached out to anyone. And so they knew that this was something serious. So I think that's kind of a thing because you can only really tap in once. I, I wouldn't want to keep doing that over and over again. Um, so yeah, make it count if you're going to go for that route. <laughs> yep. That's a good uh, reminder, you know, for myself, I've done so many films and there's a thing called like uh, fundraising. What is it called? Fundraising is um, I'm forgetting, but it's like when people get exhausted, it's like giving people get tired of giving <laughs> people get tired of you going to that well and taking from it. So you've got to be creative and find other means to do it. Yeah. You only have a few shots, right? That's good. Winton, what about you? 
Yeah, I, I sit here and I, I try to think on that question because usually, luckily for me, I, I have been able to do a lot of stuff in the past in the day, short films, indie features here and there, um, like smaller roles, supporting roles and stuff. And all of those prepared me for this one to where I felt more free in, in my choices and, and what I was doing. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I have one thing specifically, but I do like the collaborative effort because I did come on set with like set ideas on what I wanted to do and big ups to Mike because there had always there was there was always something like maybe I was missing or like, you know, we're, we always joke about how we're all artists and we're juggling a lot of things at once and we have like, you know, set amount of takes, set amount of time. So it's easy for me to forget things. Um, so it was nice just always having him there um, right before we do a take or before something and he just brings something to the front of my mind that maybe I wasn't consciously like reflecting on in that moment. Um, and I think it made all the difference. So um, I don't know what I would do differently necessarily other than maybe if I'm on sets, just remember to check in with the, the director and whoever else is there because I can't always rely on them to maybe come to me and give me a note or something but maybe me just go out there and extend it like you know if we do it a couple times I could say on one of them is, is there something you kind of want to see more of or less of is a question yeah. I don't think I've ever asked um on the sets I've been on yeah. you kind of just the, the 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 hit the quiet rule is always like if they're not giving you notes you must be doing fine or whatever the, whatever yeah. they is so um yeah just maybe stepping out and just saying is there anything different you want to see um, I think actors that's a great one Winton because we talk a lot about on our show and we Brave Maker has an acting academy too and we talk about as an actor you have to learn how to advocate for yourself you have to learn how to ask questions and make sure because some directors don't know what they want sometimes and they're doing uh -huh. five ten takes and they don't make adjustments and so you can easily uh, me as an actor I'll get in my head like they're doing five take six take seven like why like what could I do differently yeah. what do you want and so being able to say like what are you looking for or what could I do different? I think is such a great clarifying question. And for directors, I would say directors, we need to get better at any time we do. And I always, I always hate this. Let's just try it again. Let's just do another one. Let's not use that language because another one becomes 75 takes and then it's really annoying for the actors. But if we could say, okay, we're going to do take six and for take six, I need you to come in quicker and I want to see the door close fast or whatever, like mm -hmm. just change something for every single take so that the actors go, oh, this, there's a reason why we're doing that. Right. I think that's so, so simple and important and it really can change the, the mindset uh, of an actor on set. Otherwise we're like, oh man, I must suck. At least that's what I think. Yeah, I'm getting psyched out in your head about like, yeah. why are we doing so many takes? I must not be yeah. Yeah, nailing it. I forgot what director it was, but I think I I mentally prepared myself that, I forget if it's David Fincher or somebody, but you know, they say there are stories of him doing like 40 takes on a scene. That and I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, if he's doing that, then maybe... <laughs> Maybe it's okay. I, I don't know. But so. then Clint Eastwood doesn't do more than three. So everybody's got a style. You yeah, know? yeah. Everybody's different. <laughs> so let me ask you this. When you talk, when you think about your style, both of you, what, what comes to mind? How would you describe your style as a director and an actor? You know, for instance, I know some actors, they do their own research and backstory and they basically bring that all to the set and they don't ask the director for anything. Some actors want the director to tell them. When was I born? Where was I born? You know, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. 
I'd love to hear just some specific things that you have found work for you in your process as director and actor. Uh, Michael, let me start with you. Yeah, well, you know, throughout the whole process, there was definitely times where I was developing that style for myself. Um, and I had, you know, all these lofty ideas of what it means to be a writer director. And I was like, you know, is it going to be like my word on the page is gospel, man. You don't change an and to an or or something. But it really felt like a collaborative thing when um, even some of the cats would come up with a different line or something. Um, and so that really felt good. It didn't feel like I was being like stepped on or anything like I was like, no, this is great because everyone has that same um, mission to make this the best film they can. So it's, it's all a suggestion. And if I feel like that's great, then I can go with it. Um, and with takes, yeah, I was starting to realize that, that like the more takes we do, I feel like the more the actors get discouraged and it might affect, you know, whatever I'm trying to get, it's not going to be that great because we're just getting into the weeds. So yeah, I was kind of going around three or four at most. Um, but yeah, just, uh, there was another thing I started learning was when I wrote the script, I storyboarded the whole movie and I had a huge binder with every frame, um, every angle I wanted. But then as you know, we started going over the three years, we'd be like, oh, we're shooting block five and it's this scene. So I didn't go back to that binder. I pretty much just did it over from scratch and because I would have like new inspiration. And a lot of it would be the same as what I did before. But um, there was always a little bit of like, like a spark there because it was like that morning I'd kind of come up with whatever was going to happen. Um, so yeah, just kind of discovering these things that I can do here and going forward as a director, what my style is, has been really a good experience. Cool. Love to hear it. Winton, what about you? Yeah, I think, I think to our past conversation, I think it's, it's a, it's like a beautiful balance. Like I love to be prepared. Like I'm a very anxious person. I learned this back when I danced, um, and we would perform and compete and travel and perform on stages. And it's like, whenever I felt like nervous or anxious, I just wanted to practice more. So I would, you know, work on the choreo, I would run it over and over again. So that carried over into acting. Um, I love doing my own research. That might be my journalism background from college. I don't know. Um, it, it also just makes me feel more immersed in it. So I watched a ton of documentaries. There was even a great one specifically on the punk scene in the 80s and 90s. So Turn It Around was like one of the best ones that I stumbled onto when um, when Mike brought this project to me and I got to read the script and stuff like that. So I do definitely want to come with my own ideas. All of that is kind of like figured out. But then if I have any questions, um, like if there are any little gaps that I feel like I don't fully understand, I'll ask about them. Um, or even just for like, what was your vision for this? Um, or how did you see this kind of playing out? Um, and then just kind of working with those two things. So I like the actor to feel empowered, like you said, Tony, that we can ask questions, but let that question come from a place of like, we're collaborating, not from a place of like, I'm an actor and maybe I lack confidence and, and I'm looking for you to feed me, you know? So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a balance. So best of both worlds for sure. But a, a lot of music he even made a playlist for me. Uh, uh, That's cool. I like playlist. that. Yeah. To get into like the mindset of it. Yeah. Also tone is huge for me. Like I need to yeah. know like what style we're going for. Yeah. So, like, the lighthearted, but still kind of dramatic, but playful and having yeah. fun and kind of like um, rascals type of energy. Um, so all of that helps me just like, have this narrow um, path that I can just like focus on down. And then, you know, like he said, he he would get um, 
just like spontaneous ideas in the moment or like on set or maybe even during the drive there, you know, there's definitely like I, I had a drive from SAC to the Bay. So like hour plus here and there, just his playlist, my playlist back mm -hmm. and forth, mixing it up. And then by the time I got there, I just had like a ball of energy in me that was ready to be used for uh, for the scene. So, yeah, I've heard a lot of people. I like the playlist thing, too. I've heard a lot of actors have you know if they don't get it from a director which is really great obviously your film was all about music so that should have been a no-brainer it's the way to go mike on that but i also have heard actors have you know character playlists so they have scenes every scene has a a soundtrack for them that they can listen to before and i like i like thinking about that every actor is going to be different so that's really really cool i wanted to ask about the the story mike there is a an element of uh, faith that is played out in there and kind of like the institution of faith in regards to like the punk music and kind of the the rub that those two have i wondered where that came from if you can speak on that um it's kind of based on um a person that was in my band when i was growing up mm. is that uh he grew up really christian and he was in a punk band and the parents were just really supportive uh, it wasn't like they were you know over the top, like they'd come to the show in Mosh or anything, but they, you know, didn't mind that he had different pursuits that were maybe not as conventional, conventional as others. Um, so that always was just kind of a theme I wanted to play with in a story. And the religious aspect in the story just kind of played out naturally um, as a, a mechanism to bring in like a character that was unsuspecting someone that was like, you know, part of a completely different culture, like Ruby, um, coming into the, to being the punk culture. So how there is a crossover there, how no matter where you go, whoever you're sitting next to could have, you know, a totally different life than you'd expect. Um, and yeah, I think just showing that, you know, you can be supportive no matter what um, background you have or what kind of beliefs you have of your kid. Yeah, dig that. That's great. Yeah, there's a couple, if you're watching on the replay or if you're listening, there's a scene uh, from the trailer that talks about, uh, that shows the the religious community, the faith community that, the, that some of the characters are a part of. And that's interesting for me because I have a background in that. I'm always interested in how that plays out in my own films too. I always feel like I'm poking at, you know, organized religion and faith and I'm a person of faith and on how that expresses in my life is always cool because I can tie film and acting into those storylines. So I'm always really stoked on that. Uh, Winton, I'd love to hear just, you know, for you, how did you find a way in, personally and you're an acting teacher so maybe it's other things but how do you what's your philosophy on acting and how you bring a character to life are there things that you do do you you know get some wardrobe do you eat you know does there a, like a mingling of method and classical what's kind of your style yeah no i love listening to all of that i don't know that i talk about it much <laughs> but um i always enjoy listening to that that conversation that um or reading about it that actors have i think it's it's definitely like a holistic blend of of all of it i feel like the more i can relate definitely the more i i feel in it um i definitely like to immerse myself in it so listening to rock a lot um like i said i probably watched almost every almost every indie band documentary on Amazon Prime. So shout out them, I guess. They have a huge catalog of that. Um, and it's great because I, I enjoy learning, you know. So but um to your question, I think I think it definitely comes from a, a place of just how do I relate, where do I see myself in this? Um, and to your point, like I didn't even think to ask you that, Mike, of where the um the faith and spiritual aspect came into this film, but 
it was very organic and natural for me because that's also like my background and my upbringing. When I was in high school, I was at church probably like four or five days a week. So it wasn't a stretch for me to have to play Elmo um, being in the band. I was in the choir. Um, I was right there. I could have played drums then. See what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, so very much like where has this happened in my past life? Um, music is a huge part of it. I think because I have a dance background, uh, I've learned from other actors who maybe started in dance or music. Um, I like to kind of get it in my body, especially because I'm a very logical, rational, philosophier, concept-driven type of person. And one of the main challenges for me over the, the past years has been, all right, get out of here, I'm pointing at my head, and get more in here, pointing at my heart. Um, so uh, every time I act it, it helps me do that more. Um, and similarly, I, I like to think all of the, the the characters I've played in the past has helped me grow in my day-to-day -day life. One of the okay. best notes I ever got from somebody was, if you want to be a better actor, be a better human being. As soon as I heard that, I wasn't really worried about classes. I started picking up so many books on just how to understand myself more. What's my identity, like psychology, all of that. Like, how do I work? So that once I step into a character, I can already identify where I align, where I don't align. Um, I always say, think of it as a mixing engineering board. What qualities do I need to kind of turn up? What do I need to turn down? Um, and that helps me make my performances hopefully more specific and catered to a project versus having like a, I kind of, <laughs> my performance is the same across all my projects, you know? Yeah, yeah. I always look for like how to, how to make it a little more dynamic or different. So yeah, hopefully that's that great. That's great. No, I, you know, I also like too. it's a smattering of all different philosophies and ways. There's no right way yeah. or, or one way. Everyone's got to find out what works for you. Even because uh -huh. I listened to Mike talk about, you know, writing a script, same thing was for me. I just had to figure out what works for me. Yes. Know the rules, but you can put anything you want on the page as long as you can figure out how to bring it to life and collaborate with a dp and the actors that's what's really cool about this medium right it's so cool it's an art you know so yeah. i love that yeah well, we're, no cookie cutter it's right. all yeah find out what works for you same thing with faith too we might say uh well brave maker is very excited to have you all at the festival july 13th through the 16th and if you're listening and are watching you can go to bravemaker.com and you can get your tickets now there are two film screenings of punk kids happening in redwood city california you get to meet the cast and the crew i think the cast and the crew have swapped uh up a ton of tickets but there will be more available soon and there's also going to be workshops and a pitch contest and parties and parties and a bunch of other fun things that we all want you to be a part of so july 13th through the 16th we have special guests coming up from la some showrunners on TV, like Netflix's The Recruit, American Horror Stories, some special guest actors on shows and movies that you will recognize. And then all of these people, like think about Mike and Winton. What I love about Brave Makers Film Festival is that we get to watch people's careers grow. So somebody might come here as their first time, you know, feature filmmaker, but then we see that they get onto their second and their third and their 10th. And it's really cool to be able to watch the journey of all of the artists that we get to connect with. So if you're listening or watching, this is episode 195 of the Brave Maker podcast. We're going to record our 200th episode live 
at the film festival. So get your butt here. Come hang out with us. Come meet Mike. Come meet Winton. Come uh, take in all these films. And maybe just like Mike got inspired to write his first feature film, maybe you'll get inspired to do yours as well. Well, guys, don't go away. Uh, I'd love to hear what your favorite thing is for the week. Brave faves. TV shows, films, books, songs, technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more. These are a few of our favorite people, places, and things. Brave faves. All right. We always end our show with our favorite things of the week. And today, I'm going to fave not a food not not a, not a movie or or a show but i'm going to i'm going to fave a people a creative people and that is the the writers the people who write our favorite tv shows and films and those who are in the writers guild and those who are on their way to be in the WGA i got to go to LA this week for another film festival that um one of my films is in but anytime i could i would like sneak out to a picket line and just join in the fellow creatives that are doing their advocacy to get paid equal and fair wages. So huge shout out to Brandy, uh, huge shout out to Anna Conover, uh, Adam ruins everything and Tomar and other people who are out in the, um, uh, on the, on the threshold, the cutting edge of what this industry needs. And that is to be valued for the art and the work they are bringing to the world. So I'm going to fave screenwriters. You're my favorite this week, Mike, what's your favorite thing of the week? Well, briefly, I'm going to say one of my favorite things is you, Tony, for including us in this festival and making us feel welcome and putting on such a great event. For sure. Um, beyond that, I'm going to say this week my fave is the new season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've always loved that show since it first came out however many years ago. I think it's season 16 now. Um, so I was always a champion of that show even before Danny DeVito got on. I just love uh -huh. the gang. And I'll always be with them as long as they're on TV. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Freaking, I think it's the longest TV show now currently. 16 seasons long. It's amazing. Awesome. Cool. Winton, what's your favorite thing of the week? Fave. Uh, well, I mean, technically, I haven't seen it yet, but, but I want to shout it out anyways, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to fave I Am a Virgo. Um, it is going to premiere on Amazon Prime on June 23rd um by boots riley shout out boots and shout out uh tons chun uh, they also were on the picket line out there in la yeah. um well boots kind of like all over but the reason i'm shouting it out is because i actually uh this is like i haven't told anybody this really aside from my family are you on it i'm not but the okay. crazy story behind it is i actually helped with the research and development for this um so i was in um Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, maybe for like uh, two weeks on and off. Um, and we kind of had to pitch this to Amazon. Mm. So all of the like concept footage is essentially me um, as oh. the amazing Jarrell Jerome. Really? Kind of giving the idea so that when they showed it to Amazon's people, they saw the value and the potential um, and that it's possible. Because essentially he's a 13 foot. Yeah. For the people who can't see the trailer, he's a 13-foot um, human being. And it's like, how do you show that in relation to normal size people? Um, and, and in Boots' crazy mind, he was able to bring that vision to life. And I'm just honored that I was able to, like, help bring the project into, like, existence. So I'm looking forward to 
seeing this TV series when it uh, premieres. What, like next oh, week, week so and a half? Cool. Um, it should be wild. Congrats. I could see how you could be that, that actor <laughs> who was in place. There's a similar vibe. So yeah. cool. Boots Riley is a Bay Area phenomenon and creative force. And we invite him to come to the Brave Maker Film Fest. In fact, we have a lot of people who are connected to him, like you, who have put Brave Maker, I think, uh, uh, in his mind in some way. So we'll see if we can ever connect with him. But that's really cool. Uh, he, you know, Oakland represent for sure. That's really, really exciting. Well, you guys, this has been so cool. I'm very stoked um, to have you in person and to celebrate you and to you know toast you and this amazing you know film that you did what a work after three years and pandemic i uh, salute you sirs for mm -hmm. sticking through it for the perseverance uh you can follow punk kids on instagram at punk kids film and we encourage you please support these independent filmmakers we want to see them continue to do their work and do more projects and who knows maybe again you'll connect with them and hear about what's on the uh, in the future for them and want to join in or maybe be a part of their cast in the crew and in the future you just never know so guys uh, do not go away let me just say thank you to all of you who are watching uh, we can't do this without you thank you to our our 30 donors who give every week sorry i wish it was every week every month to our nonprofit organization it's you who are the wind beneath my wings so thank you so much for making uh, a donation if you want to become a donor you can go to bravemaker.com donate or just text the word brave maker from your phone to 44321 that's 44321 to become a donor and all of these funds not only help us do the show, pay for our live streaming service, but help us rent venues for the film festival. Help us treat these filmmakers who are coming. We have a really cool VIP lounge. I rented a really cool art gallery uh, with um, the Brave Maker Film Festival this year. The first time we're going to have this space that's ours for four straight days. Not just renting the museum for a day or two. Not just renting the Cinemark for three days. But we have some really cool things happening because people believe in us uh, like you out there. So please continue to share this. If you were inspired today in any way, get this on people's uh, timeline. Get them seeing punk kids. Get them going to our Instagram page at Brave Maker Film Fest and follow along because we continue to announce all of the films that are coming down the pike and there are some doozies coming that we do not want you to miss. Finally, thank you to my producer, Amy Cohen out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, who will be with us in person here in Redwood City, to uh, intern Jessica Cohen, who will take clips from today's conversation and cut it up and put it out on, uh, on Instagram, as well as our social media producer, Callie, Carrie Alley and Barnell Amos, who edits the audio version for our podcast. They're both out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. You too. I look forward to meeting you. For all the people out there, can you tell them where they can find you on the interwebs? Go for it, Mike. Where can people connect with you? All right. You can find me on Instagram at Mike underscore Hef underscore. And just be sure to check out punkkidsfilm.com and all of our socials. Thanks so much. Winton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Winton, W-Y-N-T-O-N. Odd, O-D-D, um, and I'm also on Twitter, but you'll just find a lot of a lot of wild stuff on there and a lot of crypto stuff, but it's very interesting. <laughs> crypto! And, uh, and film is the next wave uh, as far as you talk about self-financing. Um, there are a lot of films being made through NFTs. It's pretty wild. Maybe you need to do a, a workshop at the Brave Maker Film Festival about Woo! this. 
so let's 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 chat we actually um we're gonna be doing check this out by the way friday night during punk kids i i have a it's gonna sell out there's gonna be people who are gonna be bummed so we are scheduling a workshop that's happening 15 minutes after the film starts. So everybody who's in line who doesn't get in, we can say, well, go to the workshop about how to make a feature film. But you two will probably be in that screening. So I'm going to make another workshop when your film isn't happening. So you can talk about the making of this with people who want. So stay tuned for that. But everybody, thank you so much uh, for for watching this show. You two do not go away. But everybody else, thank you so much uh, for being a part of this Brave Maker experience. Five years, y'all. Five years we have been doing this. We cannot do it without you. Come and join us and celebrate July 13th through the 16th. All right, Brave Stories Change the World. You are the story. Until next time. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at BraveMaker.org. Like, subscribe, and share. To become a monthly donor, text the word BraveMaker to 44321 or go to BraveMaker.com slash donate. Thanks for tuning in.